I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts. We're still here with the doctor, Dr. Hazel Wallace. Yeah. Um, what are you, are you Dr. A- Hazel Wallace? Actually, a really strong name. Thank you. I've just it's a great name. It sounds like you're on some like American like sitcom or something. I don't know. It's a very powerful name. When you it. when you got your doctorship, doctorate, doctorate. <laughs> when you got your, no one on the podcast to see how my eyes look there. I was like, what? Um, that's an amazing moment, right? Yeah, it was definitely up there in top three moments of my life so far. Really? Well, yeah, I think also like going back to the first story that I told you, like it was not an easy route. Yeah. So I was like, oh, finally. <laughs> finally yeah, I'm a finally. <laughs> and then you graduate and then a week later you're straight in the woods and you're like, holy crap. Is it that quick? <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to go back to uni. This is <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's that quick. Turn it's around. that quick. Yeah, graduate middle of July, doctor first day of August. And my, I had my sister's wedding the weekend before. Oh. So like first day of a doctor, being a doctor and... Knackered, You're hungover. Knackered and hungover from an Irish wedding. <laughs> oh no. And we all know with Everyone Irish. Everyone survived. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, it was a bad day. That day. Wait, so hang on. So you're throwing straight into the mix. Yeah. You don't even know how to communicate with people. You well, like I mean, what? You... you do. Obviously, you can talk. You're not <laughs> you're not a child. It's kind of but, what they've been training no, for. But, okay. Yeah. Okay, when I when we when okay, when we all first started podcasting and you have your first guest on. You don't really know how to talk to them. No. You you kind of go, okay, oh, start to, oh, it's a bit nerve-wracking. And then as you do it, you get more confident because you realize it. Yeah. Exactly the same with working in a ward. You don't know how to communicate. and uh, You don't really know what you can and can't say. No. I mean, you do like a loads of time on the wards as a student. Um, and, but what you don't, what you're not prepared for is someone being like, right, these are your patients. Keep wow. them alive and like do wow. everything you need and figure mm. out what's wrong with them. And like, obviously there's so many people around you and they actually put more doctors on shift on that day. They call it dangerous doctor's day because it's like the first time all these junior doctors are on the ward. Um, it's like the learner driving. Yeah, basically. Road, so sure. like, yeah, there's everyone around you to make sure that you, you don't mess up basically. And then it's a very steep learning curve because what you learn in medical school is very different to what happens in real life. Absolutely. Mm. You, you, you can never, ever... There's, it's, it's what people say about having children. Everyone can tell you about how to have yeah. kids until you have kids. No one can explain it to you. Yeah. Mm. So it, it, it's, how do you, um, it's, it's a morbid question, but I think it's interesting to know when you have to deliver bad news and it's a, probably a personal way, it's different to everyone. Um, how do you explain that to someone? And how do you comfort uh, families or individuals? How do you do that? Um, it's, difficult to comfort them uh, especially if it's just very fresh and it depends like how bad the news we're talking um but you know we've got places in the hospital where like special rooms that you can take people into sit them down in a like a non-clinical environment and I think that's really Mm. important 
and give them time to like grieve and just talk them through it and answer their questions. And yeah. I think sometimes not saying anything can be really helpful. So delivering the news, let them ask questions and just sit there until mm. they're ready to do what's next. Or wow. Mm. I have a question, re-diagnosis. And mm. this actually kind of flips back to a podcast we just did with a, a guy called Ed Jackson, who sadly, well, the story is pretty amazing, but he, he actually dived into a pool and severed his spinal cord i he think didn't, it was didn't completely sever it but, or but it was pretty like much, pretty much yeah. and he was talking the, about the diagnosis that they kind of said that he was never going to walk again and amazingly he did um what like what's your view on that like do you do you tell a patient as it is what your knowledge is and you're like right okay from what i know you're probably not gonna survive or do you add a bit of hope in there because there's a lot now a lot of people are turning back to sort of ancient ways of thinking that the mind actually is incredibly mm. powerful at healing and if you believe enough then you can heal yourself. Yeah. I think my approach and what would be most other doctors' approach is we can just give you the information that we have at the time. And if there is a possibility that they would recover, I would absolutely share that with them. But if it's very slim, I'd also be very honest about that because yeah. I think some people can really... Um, go down weird and wonderful routes when you tell them that something's mm. not like recoverable and that can like turn into very alternative medicine, which I'm not saying is wrong, but sometimes people will forego normal medicine. So like chemotherapy, yeah. because they're like, well, I heard this juice diet is so much better. And lots of people die because of that. Steve Jobs famously denied uh, any chemotherapy for so long because he, you know, he was mm -hmm. a hippie. Mm -hmm. He didn't believe in it. Um, and then at the very end, he turned to it. Yeah. And it was almost too late. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Um, I think I think they can go hand in hand. I think the power of the mind is very... We haven't fully understood it. And I definitely think no. it plays a, a role. I think I think modern science needs to start embracing that as, as much as it has modern science. Essentially, yeah. like start to examine it properly and work out how powerful it is and work out how to to harness it better yeah. i guess it's the whole you know like even placebo effect is so powerful because oh my god it's crazy isn't it placebo. yeah it is crazy and so i think there's this whole kind of also conversation around holistic kind of care where obviously mainstream medicine in the nhs is very much like medication surgery that's it yeah um but there's no conversation around nutrition or exercise or sleep or stress management yeah. and we all know that they're super important for your health. And if you include them in your recovery process, you're definitely going to have better outcomes. But doctors are too busy and to sit down with you and be like, right, so you also need to overhaul your diet. You should also exercise every day. You yeah. need to do some strength training. And that was really why I started the food medic all those years ago. Because in med school, I was like, why aren't we talking about nutrition? Like you have one hour lecture, which is mostly focused around like the function of the digestive system yeah but i'm like stroke depression heart disease lots of female health conditions skin conditions all mm. related to nutrition can be prevented wow. to a degree so it's like a, it's like a 360 approach like you have to like even look at mental health like is there's there were some ways that their thinking is potentially like affecting yeah their health and there's i mean i I, I'm always really cautious talking about mental health and nutrition because I'm not saying don't take medication. Medication is so important. Yeah. But alongside that, nutrition is so important. We've got loads of really interesting studies. There is one in Australia called the SMILES trial, which I think is a really nice 
name. It's the only reason I remember it. But they had two groups of patients with severe depression. And one group, um, they all stayed on their medication, but one group just had a befriending kind of social support, kind of 12 week intervention. The other group went on like this modified Mediterranean style diet. So loads of fiber, colorful fruits and vegetables. And they had a 33% reduced, uh, 33% of them went into remission of their depression compared what? to the other group. I think it was 8% in the befriending group. Mm. Well, and, and that's, that's just diet. down to diet. Just down to diet. And so we know that there's this huge gut brain link. And yeah. The best way to like describe that to people or how I describe it to people is like, when you're really nervous for something or really excited and you get like butterflies in your tummy, like that's basically your, your brain and your gut speaking to one another, but it goes both ways. So what you put in your gut will influence your brain and your mood and your. That I, is, I guess then also there's a double effect. Whereas if you, what, if you believe what you're eating is helping you, then your, yeah. your mind is going to also be healing you. Totally. Yeah. But, but I, but I definitely, I, I'm so interested in gut. So, and I think, I think perhaps where my, mine, I'm interested in gut was because I was clinging onto things. We had, um, Dr. Yeah. Rongen. Dr. Rongen. I listened to his, I, I went through this bout, which was what I found out was burnout. Mm. Um, doing a reality show too long, um, fighting and arguing and breaking up. Too, with too much many time people, in the gym. Too much time squatting. Um, <laughs> yeah, running, just so much watching porn. Um, and I basically burned out, but I didn't understand what it was. And I was constantly searching for what it is. And that's, mm. a, that's a typical diagnosis. You know this with um, people incredibly anxious. You're trying to find a reason for what's going on within you. Um, and I listened to one of his episodes, which was about gut health. And the episode was, was a guy who came on who, um, he went into a real bad depression and he didn't know what the hell was going on. He tried lots of different things, nothing worked. And he changed his diet and he was suddenly better mm -hmm. just through diet, which you're saying today. So I became obsessed with it saying, well, obviously my gut is ruined. So I started taking, um, you know, Simproof and I started taking uh, probiotics, mm. but then it made me smell quite weird. <laughs> It made you smell. It made me smell. Like you were sweating. Yeah, like I was sweating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, like how I was sweating. Much, how much were you drinking? <laughs> Loads of it. No, yeah, I was obsessed Sweet, with it. You were sweating I was yogurt. I was, I, I stank. I stank. It was really weird. I smelled weird. Um, but yeah, it sounds odd. But um, I became obsessed with it. And there is this link between, um, uh, it's uh, not endorphins. Is it endorphins? It's, um, what's the happy thing in your like body? Serotonin. Serotonin. Yeah. Serotonin, and, uh, serotonin and gut health. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. And, and, and what, so what can we do as individuals to change our diet in order to help our gut? Yeah. So that's a huge question. I know. No, no, no. It's, I mean, well, it is, but so obviously we just talked about the gut brain connection, but also your gut is home to trillions of bacteria well, mostly bacteria and that's your gut microbiome. And they essentially produce chemicals and hormones that influence lots of things in your body, including your brain health and your mood. And we're only starting to understand that. So there's like, you know, these trials into how probiotics could be used in the treatment of depression or like skin conditions. I would, I would hate to be at those trials. It would stink. <laughs> well, I don't understand. I, I haven't heard that. So what? So people are testing people who have depression with probiotics, seeing if yeah. it helps. And there's, yes. What's the success rate on it? Well, I mean, there's lots of different trials, but the thing is there's lots of different strains for probiotics. So we're not going to get it right exactly. And so right now I'm not in the position to be like, okay, if you're depressed, take this particular probiotic. But I think there's lots of interesting research emerging from so it. 
probiotics, right? That there's like cultures of bacteria essentially that yeah. then go into your gut and they help you digest food better and Yeah. Basically, that... probiotics are live beneficial microbes. Yeah. And they digest fiber that we don't digest. And then as a result of that, they produce byproducts, so like healthy hormones and chemicals that travel in our bloodstream and make yeah. us healthy and happy. And so you can get an imbalance of good and bad bacteria. Because we're, we're more, are we more bacteria than actual humans? humans Is yeah. That right? That's crazy. What? Yeah. Nuts. Wait, hang on. So, Hazel, you're saying as a doctor, and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here, that you're saying there is definitely a link between gut health and mental health. Yeah, 100%. Because I heard that doctors, dis doc some doctors don't believe that. I mean, oh, I would find it very hard to believe that doctors don't believe that. Well, maybe that's me yeah. mistaken. But yeah. I mean, traditional medicine, and I only graduated from med school in 2016, and I didn't have a lecture on like the gut brain axis and how mood is influenced by nutrition. But if you sit down with any psychiatrist now or anyone who works in that field, they'll tell you there is a, a strong link. Wow. But I guess it's not as simple as eat this to cure this. And it's never like that with anything. But, you know, like even the trial that we just spoke about, like if you change your diet, you can influence your mood. Mm. Um, the tricky thing is like if you are in a deep depression, the last thing you want to do is like, you just don't even want to wash cook, yourself. Cook no. nice. So if someone's yeah. like, nice well, you could just salad. sort it out if you just had a lovely kale salad. You're yeah. like, well, I just want Ben and Jerry's. So. Yeah, you don't even want to do anything. Yeah. And nutrition's only like one key. Like there's a strong link between like exercise, gut health and also mood and like sleep and mood. Um, and But the strongest determinant of your mood and your mental health is your relationships and your social support. I know. That is the, that's the strongest link. Oh my God. So there's two things I want to say. Firstly, um, they, they, they now truly believe that, um, wait, it's been for a while, that uh, solid exercise, and I'm not talking about just going for a walk, but like a, like going for sort of a hard run or doing some some strong exercise works just as well as a, as a sort of mild antidepressant. Yeah. Which is, that's, that's mad, right? I heard that firstly. And then... Um, uh, secondly, I've said this before, but they um, did a, a social experiment in Harvard where, and I think it's important to repeat again, just in case there's new listeners, uh, they did a social experiment in Harvard, which is one of the only social experiments which have lasted a lifetime. Because typically what happens, funding runs out or um, uh, people get bored or die or whatever it is. And they got 700 something Harvard students in 1912 or whenever it was. And they followed them throughout their lives to find out what made them happy. Um, and they checked in every two years. And they were thorough tests, like checking their brain, checking their friends, checking their family members, checking their jobs, everything. And it lasted for until they died, right? And um, out of 700 and something people, there were presidents, there were alcoholics, there were schizophrenics, there were businessmen, there were cleaners, there were sportsmen, low, a variety of different people. And at the end of their lifetime, what they realized is what made people fundamentally happy about other people wasn't fame, wealth, all the things you think would make them happy. It was strong relationships with friends and family members. Mm -hmm. If you have that in your life, then you have a way bigger chance of being happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Th which is great because I remember when I went through my period of uh, real severe anxiety, I suppose, and thing, I think I was lonely. Yeah. I, and I never really thought about it. I think I was. I think I'd alienated myself away from people because I was so socially anxious because of doing a TV show. And I think that I wasn't communicating with anyone. So I felt lonely. And that's when I went into a, a weird place. Yeah. And you can be lonely in the most um, 
fortune of positions. Have yeah. you ever felt it, like well, this? It's, one, it's another one of these like modern maladies. There's so many things that are cutting us off from the things that like actually make us feel good, like which is nature, friendship, community, like just being around loved ones. Like there's so many things that get in the way now. We're just being sold shit everywhere. We're being like dangled this carrot that's like, oh, come over here, put all your energy into this and you will be happy. Where were you when I was lonely? Huh? I was down the pub <laughs> waiting for you. <laughs> it's late again. <laughs> but it's but that's so true, mate. I, I totally agree with you. It's these I think I think there needs to be we, we spoke about this a little bit. There needs to be like a a re, uh, we need to reframe what success means in society because we've got it wrong. It's like success at the minute is make as much money as you can, get that fast car, get that nice house, do all these things. It needs I think success needs the the success metric needs to be like reframed. We need to yeah, have like it's so hard to, to change that. Yeah. I don't I don't think it is. It is it, take, it, it will take time. It's going to take, you know, hundreds a hundred year, uh, years of conditioning. We need to sort move past it. I don't I don't think if we carry on on this path we're kind of going to be yeah, fucked. But, it's but not. We live in a society that's fueled by by money, right? Money is oxygen. Unfortunately, that's the truth of it, right? And it doesn't matter if you go anywhere in the world. If you go to um, someone selling fruit on a beach or you go to bankers, wherever, you know, you, 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 everyone is selling something or doing something in order to make cash. Like it's everywhere in the world. And I think what... It's it, not everywhere. It's there's, there's places where it doesn't exist and, sure. and that's where happiness is. Mm. Sure. Actually. I, I try, and monks, you know, it, it, notoriously don't really pass and exchange cash that much, but they're notoriously incredibly happy. But Western society, right, we... It's, it, I, always, I always get nervous when talking about this because it's very easy to sit here and say, oh, do you know what? We got to get over that thing of just who cares about success? But I suppose from a other person's point of view, they go, well, you're already successful. Yeah. So, so how can so you say that? So why don't you become unsuccessful yeah. and then have the same view? Yeah. And so that's what's really... So it's a, it's, a, it's a juxtaposing cycle that we get stuck in, mm. which is where... Okay, now I can sit here and go because I can pay for my rent and my food and things like that. So I'm okay and my family's healthy. Yeah. But if you're not in that situation, you're not going to go, wow, do you know what? It's okay because I'm happy because I've got my friends and family members. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I can't pay for food. We, we, that, you, need to get, you need to be successful to live a content life. But to live a content and successful life, you need money in order to do that. I really truly believe in some ways, mm. especially in Western society. Yeah, it's a, it's a massively complex. It's so complex. Complex situation that we're in. Like if if we reframe success, then we probably wouldn't have these issues where you have know, people, you have people that are struggling. There wouldn't be as much of a ladder. It's it's very hard. Like I'd okay, but it's, it's also so sticking with the gut. So in terms of diet, what can we cut out or add in? On I know this is a generalization, but in your experience, what can you cut out and put in that can really help us in terms of our mental clarity, mental health, and just all round healthiness. Um, so when it comes to gut health in general, like key principles, you want to get in as much diversity of plant-based foods as possible. And I think when we talk about plant-based foods, people automatically think, you're telling me that I need to go vegan. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you just need to eat loads of fruit and veg. That's great. But plant-based foods include like whole grains, like, um, also fruit and vegetables, nuts and seeds, nut butters. There's like a, anything that's made from plants, basically. And the more diverse, the better. So, you know, we talk about five a day, but people who have 30 different plants in their diet a week tend to be have the best gut microbiome. What? And that sounds like a lot. But, 30 different plants? But that includes herbs and spices as well. Try and, try and name 30. I mean, you won't get past 10. 
I could easily do it. Go on, go on quickly, name I, 10. This podcast, we don't want to do this. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Okay. We don't have much time. Let's... Okay, okay, fine. Really? Yeah, yeah. But I always feel like, again, like, obviously, like, you have to be in a place of privilege to have 30 different plants in your life. But if And you... avocado is like three quid. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to have avocado. No, I <laughs> this is what sprung to mind. I had it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it just is be so healthy. It's, it's, yeah. Be healthy, get an avocado. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So lots of plant-based foods and as and like diversified. So go as colorful as possible. And if you can change it up each week, change up the different vegetables and stuff you have in your diet, then do that. Um the other thing is you can dabble with things like probiotics, like uh live yogurts, kefir, kombucha, those kind of things. There's not that much evidence for them, but Technically, they could be good for you. Yeah. Or theoretically. Um, things that I would cut down on, I'm not really a huge fan of removing stuff, but anything that's like um, very heavy red or processed meat, I'd try to Why though? That Why is that? Well, there's a strong link between red and processed meat and colorectal cancer. And so we should, in general, be reducing the amount in our diet. What's Again, colorectal cancer? Sorry. It basically of your bowel. So you're good. Oh. Yeah. Um, but that is based on quite diets that have red and processed meat in every day. So the NHS recommend that you should have kind of maybe one portion a day. So I think it's 100 grams of red meat and 70 grams of processed meat a day. So basically like a rasher or a very small steak. Um, you can have that per day. Yeah. So, I mean. That's a lot, I would say. And it's a lot. I don't eat red meat. I eat red meat, what, once a month? Yeah. If that. So then you're fine. In, in that regard. But a lot of typical British diets might be fry up in the morning, which is like rasher, mm. um, sausages, all processed meat. And so by 9am, you've already hit your quota and exceeded that. And if you're having that every day and you're not really having many vegetables, not the most healthy thing. Um, Omega-3s are really good for your gut health and also your brain health. I, I take them all the time. So one thing that I take every morning. Where's the best, four little pills. best place to get omega through? Is it from seeds or from fish oil? I do fish oil. Well, from fish. I, I wouldn't necessarily Seeds? Supplement. It doesn't come you, from seeds, does you, it? You, you can, can get it from seeds, yeah. Because there's a lot of people that say that the fish oils that we're getting are not very good quality because there's a lot of crap in the oceans. Oh, perfect. I take them all so, the time. Oily fish is the best source of omega-3, but you can get it from like flaxseed and chia seed and walnut. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm not kidding. To, to listeners who's listening now, I started taking B12. Okay. Because I wasn't getting enough sunlight. That's vitamin D. I vitamin mean. D. <laughs> Jesus. You need to get a nutritionist. All right. Vitamin yeah. B12, you'd get in like meat-based products typically. That's why vegans... Uh, or you can't get it from a vegan diet. Maybe I'm taking vitamin D then. Vitamin D yeah. plus sunlight. And I, and I started taking omega-3. I, 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 they, they, they can't just be a coincidence. It can't be like, it can't be placebo. I don't think. 
No. I, honestly, whenever whenever I stop taking it and I go and after a while I feel a bit oof, and I go, oh, I should probably start taking those pills again. I then start taking them. They're a bit expensive. They cost like 30 quid or whatever. To, so they're quite expensive. Go, that, I, I feel so much more energized. What do you, Just would, four, would you say you're taking vitamin D? And... I take vitamin D and I take omega-3. Okay. And I take four omega-3s every morning and I take a vitamin D. And I swear to God, my mood, my stress everything's lifted it's just i feel so much better and what i what typically as a males do you start take it so you, you start feeling better then you just forget about take it because you feel better and then you stop <laughs> feeling good again so you're like oh shit why was i feeling good oh probably because i was taking those things yeah and it doesn't drastically move but i definitely 100 I think, I think vitamin d is really important i think we nowadays we don't we're not like outdoors enough and we're always yeah. like covering our bodies so yeah. we don't actually get and people put sun cream on the whole time which it's probably not great to do that all the time. We need to get that. Yeah, get that vitamin D in us. What about... Um, my, my, my biggest problem, I'm quite good at doing a lot of the things you said, but sugar, I'm like so addicted to sugar. Ever bad, realized. sugar's not good. I have a sweet company. But we have good sugar. <laughs> Shit, should have said that. Yeah, yeah, we, no. have, we have great well, sugar. Think, we have good sugar. I feel like a little bit of sugar is fine. Like sugar is always demonized. It's a treat. Yeah, I think obviously having too much sugar in mm. your diet isn't great for you. And we definitely in the UK eat too much of it. But if you're getting sugar from like fruit and vegetables, which is a small amount of vegetables, but in fruit, then that's fine. Whereas a lot of people worry about like the fruit and sugar. But if you're having fruit from safe fizzy drinks or processed foods and candy and stuff, like that's different. It's not yeah. like it's not coming in like wrapped in a fiber layer, let's just say. So oh, yeah. it kind of hits your body a bit quicker. But yeah, I think... I'm not a big fan of saying any foods are should be cut out. I think like all foods fit, but it's finding the balance. Because once you remove that one thing, that's then the Adam's apple that everyone wants. Yeah. Mm. And you just go down a road. But I think if you focus on what you can add in, naturally those things become slightly smaller in your diet mm. because you're so satisfied from everything else. Well, typically. What about gluten? Yeah, gluten. What about it? <laughs> yeah. What, what about it? Yeah. Do yeah, yeah. you like it? Yeah. 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 What about it? You like gluten? <laughs> Do you eat gluten? Yes. Okay. Why wouldn't I? Oh, I don't know. I got told I shouldn't <laughs> eat gluten. I was told something that like 63% of us are lactose intolerant in some sort of way. So we probably shouldn't drink milk. Mm. And then gluten, we shouldn't really have it in our diet because it's man-made. No. So gluten is just a protein in wheat. Okay. And um, but wheat was man-made. <laughs> so wheat wasn't just. Who's your nutritionist? I don't know. I you, you, you're lacking sunlight. You need vitamin B12. <laughs> yeah, but but wheat was wheat. Gluten was put into wheat. Maybe I maybe I'm talking. No, I think I think it, I'm talking absolute shit. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, good. So, I think I think it's maybe unnatural the amount that we eat of it. Djokovic, like famously, was in like the top hundred or whatever tennis player. He cut out gluten, all these different things, and yeah, went plant Yeah, that was just total like <laughs> nonsense. He was also <laughs> quite good at tennis. Yeah, <laughs> he was. And so then people like correlate it. They're like, "Wow, if I cut out gluten, I'm going to be incredible at tennis." And it's just not not what happens. So if you have celiac disease, which yeah. is an autoimmune disease against gluten, you don't want to have gluten in your diet. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you tolerate gluten fine, then there's absolutely no evidence to say that's harmful. And actually, if you go on a gluten free diet, you typically have to go on like really stripped back restrictive diet. You can be more at risk of nutritional deficiencies. Mm. Diets typically lower in protein, lower in fiber and is more spenny. So I just wow. don't really recommend it. But there's lots of like, um, like American doctors who have written books on gluten and you know they say it like damages your brain and stuff and it it 
it's caused a lot of fear that like I, the, that's why I asked you because I feel like I'm constantly trying to unravel that yeah. with people. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I, yeah. Yeah, or like women with uh, like health problems like polycystic ovary syndrome or endometriosis are always told like cut out gluten based on like very small studies that don't really have much evidence. So you got like women who come to you and they've cut out everything because they're like, this will fix me. I'm like, I know, you're cut You just solution. need some medical support. Mm. Wow. So I, I guess every individual is so different in terms of what, their needs are right? yeah because no no one's the same in terms of like what nutrition works no that's true well for them it, is it like you can do like is epigenetics and stuff now you can like really understand your body on like a deeper level like what it needs is that right yeah i think i think the whole there's like this term personalized nutrition which mm. i don't know if you guys know tim specter he's like i heard that name yeah yeah he does the zoe project project and has written a book on gut health and he is basically in that space and i think that will be where we go we'll start like basing our nutrition based on like our microbiome our blood tests lots of other things um because what people respond to will does vary like whether people respond to carbohydrates or there's like a lot of genetics there but also yeah. our environment and so that's epigenetics is like how our genetics are shaped Wow, because because they're, they're like learning now that environment actually has way more of an impact on our genetics. It's not like inherited as much as it's not like set in stone. Like yeah, what we eat and what we we surround ourselves with actually impacts it way more. Yeah, it's apparently. it depends on what we're talking about. Like some things are one hundred percent hereditary, and then others are manip manipulated. But Jamie, so Jamie, for example, was ginger, and now he's like <laughs> bright blonde. It's fascinating. I don't know. <laughs> selling me out right there aren't you? <laughs> this is own yeah this is just <laughs> the genetics um so hazel what you're saying is really interestingly is that if you focusing on your diet look we we know that medication can work and for for mental health and all these different things um exercise can help but also focusing heavily on a diet a healthy diet a good diet um can really improve your mood in yeah. lots of different ways yeah that's yeah. insane. Yeah, it is really. It's. I think it's really powerful as well. Yeah, that you it, have control over it. Because you have control over it. Uh, with the caveat that like sometimes shit happens in life and you can't just depend on your diet mm. to hold mm. you through, like pandemic. But but I, but to anyone listening to this um, who is going through a tricky time or is feeling a bit, I don't know, under the weather in whatever way it is, you know, try it, try it out, change your diet a little bit, become a little bit healthier, see if it works. It's a, it, I know it's a bit of discipline. You probably don't want to do it. You've probably yeah. last thing you want to do, but if you give it a go, it may really improve yeah. your yeah. mood. Well, one thing that really helps me with it is like, there's no such thing as perfection. I know. Like, yeah. so like if you do mess up and you eat some crap, it's not like everything's gone out the window. Just like go back to it and like that 1% yeah. just keep, keep trying where you can. That's, like, what you almost need to do for mental health as well. So like if it's having a slice of birthday cake and you're going out with friends, then in that moment, that's the best thing you can do for your mental health. Mm. And so it's kind of having that flexibility as well. Yeah. But I think we can all agree that like when you are going through a bit of a crap time, whether you feel physically a bit low or, or mentally. Yeah. And if you set out, I timed that. Oh yeah, you timed that with that siren. That <laughs> was great. Go yeah, you gotta get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally in the room. <laughs> <laughs> but if you start focusing on your nutrition or you're like, I'm going to, you know, get up and go to the gym every day or go out for a walk and I'm going to get into bed early. After a week, you feel better, right? Yeah, you feel totally. Better. And I think also 
part of it's going to be placebo and also storytelling yourself like you're looking after you it's self-care i know so if you can do those things that's massively going to improve and yeah. and telling yourself as much as you hate doing it and you don't want to do good it for me it, this is good for me yeah. i'm okay i'm gonna get better as much as you just don't believe it saying it helps mm -hmm. that smile um thing you said that they did in yeah. australia i mean just do that walking in nature there's amazing statistics about people who um who heal quicker in hospitals who have a view of of guard yeah, yeah, of yeah. Out the outside it's quite interesting it's like basically if you say it enough and you and you correct it that sounds... that that thought that negative thought you correct it if you do that enough you eventually do start <laughs> to know. believe it on yeah. a subconscious level which is where the healing apparently and can... the thing is is that so many people have said it it can't not be true or it can't not help so just give it a go yeah give it a go yeah um hazel you also so your new book is coming out when 7th of July. That it's, is so exciting. What's it called? The Female Factor. So very different to my previous books, which were all nutrition. Yeah, but we, we can get that on your Instagram and we can get it on in Amazon or every place. Yeah, it's available to pre-order now. That, go and grab <laughs> it. We'll leave the link below in yeah, the description, 100%. Does, does um, it focus on nutrition or is it a, Yeah, kind of it whole? focuses on four core areas of lifestyle actually that we spoke about. So nutrition, movement, sleep and stress. But like, sort of like we discussed through a female lens. So I'm kind of like, right, we know what it says from a male perspective. Yeah. But like, what should women be eating across their life when they're pregnant, across the menstrual cycle, during the menopause? How should they move? Um, like, why do women sleep worse? Why are women more anxious and depressed? And, and like, what can you do practically? So it's not just Amazing. me like listing out things that are crap. It's like, this is the problem. This might help you. I love that. Um, I want to say a huge thank you for coming on. Thank you. I know how busy you are. Have you had a fun time? Was it what you expected? Yeah, it was fun. Was it right? Yeah, it was okay. good. Hey, you like that? See? <laughs> That's approval. Right? I like it. I like it. Stop seeking for approval. Yeah, I always do. Validation, validation, validation. It makes you feel better. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, Hazel, listen, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. Go and check out your Instagram. Go and buy your books, everything. It's super interesting. Go and check out your podcast, which is called... The Food Medic. The Food Medic. We can get it wherever you get any podcasts as well, right? Yes. Um, thank you so much. What we like to do at the end of the podcast is leave our listeners with something inspirational. Ooh, you put me on the spot there. I know. I think based on our conversation, I'm going to say failure is not final. It's like my life motto. Is that inspirational? Though? That was very inspirational. I, like I felt it. it. I like that it. was good. Hazel, thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>Okay, well, really what are you going to do about your nutrition after hearing all of that? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to look after my my culture, my internal what's it called? Mm -hmm. You know, you, we've got all this bacterial culture mm -hmm. in there. Great. I'm I'm going to get more cultured. I love that. I'm going to I'm going to eat some fermented things. Oh, that's what you need apparently, like kimchi. Okay. Um and, and you're talking about the probiotics. Yeah. I get some of that in there. There we go. Um but I'm also just going to keep a <laughs> A chipper attitude, because um, <laughs> I think that is the most important thing, um, and not overthink it, because stress, 
It's bad for you. All right, everybody, listen, uh, we have our bonus episode on Wednesday, so please tune into that. Um, always remember to write into us. We'd love to hear from you at Private Podcast um, on Instagram. Check us out. Go and write us some messages. We want to hear from you. And if we don't see you next week, we'll see you on another Friday for another episode. Every single week we are delivering it. We love that you listen. We love you guys. Have a great day. That's it. All right. Ciao, Bella. Why don't you say Ciao. something? Why don't you say something nice? Ciao, Bella. You, you're the, you know, you're the showman. You take control uh, okay. here. I just sit back, enjoy the ride, and say a few things here and there. All right, everybody. We love you. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.